what is going on everybody glad to have you all here whether you be new listeners or return listeners you guys if you're new listeners you came for a great podcast because this is the first football week one podcast recap so uh football this week pretty much in the books except for your Monday night game which we will get to at the end of the podcast between the Ravens and the Raiders but week one did not disappoint watched all of the games of course my Vikings losing week one to the Bengals in overtime but I got a chance to go to the bar and watch every other game it was great to see people out at the bars watching the games a lot of different fans out there uh, watched the game with a few Panthers fans, uh, another Vikings fan, few Washington football team fans out, and some 49ers fans. So, uh, great place to watch the game. A lot of TVs. Got to see a lot of football action. It was great to have football back. Great uh, week one experience uh, out at the bar Keystone Pub in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So, Actually, technically, Whitehall, which is where Saquon Barkley is from, was where I was at watching these football games. So we're going to do a week one show. Uh, Pretty much uh, we're going to do three episodes a week for the whole football season. Uh, Monday nights, this one will be released. Right now it's about 3.30, almost between 3.30 and 4 o'clock is when uh, this podcast will be released. Not released, but recorded. Hopefully it will be up by Monday night. I'm going to do another one Wednesday. It's going to be injury updates and fantasy. And then Friday, we're going to do a preview show and some betting stuff for week two. So that's going to be kind of what I'm going to try and stick to for the entire football season for the All in Man Cave podcast. So keep that in mind. Monday nights will be the release show for the, the previous week recap. Then Wednesday will be fantasy and injury updates. And then Friday will be betting odds and a preview for the following week. So keep that in mind. So like I mentioned before, All In Man Cave Podcast, I'm Cole Haight. Please like, subscribe, comment, anything you can. Uh, share any way you can share the podcast. Trying to get as many people to listen as possible. If you do leave a comment or a, a review, please let me know what your favorite football team is is what, and when you became a fan of that football team, like I've said before a lot of times. So let's hop right in. We'll start with Thursday Night Football, Dallas Cowboys against the Bucks. I picked the Bucks. They did not cover, but the Bucks did win 31-29. to Tom Brady and Dak Prescott had amazing nights throwing the football. Defenses looked a little bit weak. So Brady ended up with 379 yards passing, four TDs and two picks. Neither of those picks really his fault. Kind of uh kind of weird plays that bounced off hands, got popped up in the air, and the Cowboys picked them off. One through Leonard Fournette's hands, directly through his hands, and right into the hands of Trayvon Diggs on the Cowboys defense. Dak Prescott, better night. 403 passing, three TDs and one pick. Honestly, Dak had a really good night, and all three of his receivers, Gallup, Michael Gallup did get injured. However, C.D. Lamb looked amazing, and so did Amari Cooper. They Their offense looked pretty much as advertised throughout the offseason. The only real question, I didn't really ever question C.D. Lamb being 
an amazing wide receiver, nor did I question Amari Cooper. I just didn't know if Dak was going to be able to hold up his end of the bargain and not not re-injure that that ankle or possibly even re-injure the shoulder that he was having issues with in the preseason. So I'm glad that didn't happen. Don't want to ever see anybody injured regardless of what team they play for because you want to see every team perform to their highest standard, especially without injuries. Makes for a way better football experience. But one of the things that I really took away from this is everybody's overreacting to the Tampa Bay turnovers. The fumble, everybody fumbles the football in the NFL at least once. Trust me, I know Adrian Peterson went through it. Tiki Barber went through it. There's a lot of great running backs that had fumbles. So he, Ronald Jones got it poked out. It happens. It was a great play by Demarcus Lawrence. So... And like I mentioned before about Tom Brady's picks, like they went off people's hands. Great, good passes that ended up with bad results, honestly, is what I can honestly break down from that. So, yes, Tampa Bay won. Yes, it was closer than expected, but I think Tampa Bay is going to be way better than the result of that game via the score. Their defense played eh. The run, the run defense was pretty good. Uh, Zeke looked absolutely terrible, and that's going to be something that Dallas Cowboys fans are going to have to realize that Zeke doesn't look the same. He had 11 carries, a little over 30 yards, one catch, or maybe two, maybe two catches, but he averaged three yards a touch, and that's not going to work in the NFL, especially since they need to score as many points as possible if they're going to continue to not be able to stop people and give up all of these points on a regular basis. So their defense didn't look too good. Antonio Brown looked amazing for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, I didn't think Antonio Brown was going to come out that hot, and Mike Evans looked like like they didn't even want to target Mike Evans because Antonio Brown looked so good in this game. I did not expect that at all. But he had f- 70 yards receiving in the first quarter. And it was it was clear that it was clear as day that Tom Brady was targeting A B before he was targeting Mike Evans. Now, people who picked up Mike Evans in fantasy, uh, I'm sorry. If this continues, you're gonna want to see if you can get Antonio Brown from somebody, or if somebody will give them up. But it, honestly, A B had a great game, and I'm I'm thinking that that's gonna continue because Tom Brady and his connection is extremely strong. And Tom Brady picked him up when he was down and gave him an opportunity. So, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing how how AB, Gronk, and Tom Brady operate because I think that via fantasy and even via statistics this year, I think Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are going to take a step back. All right, moving on. Houston Texans beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 37-21. to Trevor Lawrence struggled in this game, and honestly, I saw it coming. I did pick Houston. My picks from the from last week's podcast with Tyler did not go so well this week. A lot of weird week one things going on, but I did pick Houston Moneyline, so they did obviously win, and they were getting three. So that's an awesome bet if you made that bet. Trevor Lawrence, 332 yards. Those yards are inflated. Most of that was in garbage time. Houston was up 31-3 to at some point during that game. I remember watching it, so... Trevor Lawrence, three TDs, three interceptions, three costly interceptions, and Urban Meyer is doing nothing but causing drama for this organization right now. Some of the stuff came out where Urban Meyer's pissed at his own coaches that he hired because they weren't winning preseason games. 
What? <laughs> Why are you pissed at the coaches that you hired? It's your fault. So now you getting mad about you hiring the wrong coaches makes you look stupid. Honestly. And if you listen to his press conference, like he he sounds like he's gonna pull a Joe Judge and make people run hills for like three weeks until his team's good. Dude, you're in a rebuild. This is not Ohio State. You you don't get to to handpick your players in this league. It's the NFL. This is not college. This is not Auburn against Tulane. Like, this is not how the NFL works, and Urban Meyer better figure it out because if he continues with this attitude, his team's going to resent him, and he's going to end up quitting. And I was listening to a podcast, honestly, earlier with uh, Guy Haberman and John Middlecoff, and I think somebody somebody leaked that Urban Meyer might be a good fit for the USC job, the college football, USC Apparently needs a coach, and they have all this, all these issues with the board and the, the president of the football. It's just the uh, president of the college. It's a disaster in, in Southern California. Disaster. But I could see Urban Meyer already quit once, so I would not put it behind him or beyond him to say, "Listen, I Trevor, sorry, but I'm out. I'm I, I can't do this." And then Trevor's going to be Trevor Lawrence is going to be stuck. Nothing much to to say about Houston. They played really well. Tyrod Taylor had a good day. Uh, they were able to get a few rushing touchdowns. They looked a lot better. If like I mentioned, I mentioned before, and this this was a hot take back when the whole Deshaun Watson thing was going down. But their over under was I think five. I would have taken the over just because I think they have an opportunity in that division. That's not struggling, but it's not the strongest division to pull out some divisional wins and then pick up a few more on the way in. And they have a potential to make to, to win six or seven games, depending on what happens. It's the NFL. Anything could happen. All right, moving on. The L.A. Chargers beat the Washington football team 20-16. to That game was on at the bar right next to me. Huge, loud fans there uh, from Washington. So, uh Fitzpatrick got hurt. It's a hip, they're saying. I'll give more of an update on Wednesday to see what it is. I think he's having an MRI tonight, and then we should know by Tuesday what's going on with him. Taylor Heineke came in and played He played okay. Not, not amazing, but not terrible. Washington's defense, I think, is a little more overrated than what – they're more overrated than, than what's been said. So – the Chargers' 20 points, is it looked more like 30. They they saved – they had a few drives where they ended inside the five and kicked field goals, but they trusted their defense. They were playing well, and it's good to see the Chargers' defense play well because they've had a lot of decimating injuries through the last few years, and especially with their coaching issues that they've been having, it's great to see their defense perform. And Justin Herbert – looked pretty great at game managing and also putting up disgusting statistics. So he had 337 yards, a TD and a pick. The pick was a little bit it was a little bit of a bad throw, but 50% on him, 50% on his receiver, but he played good. He looks confident. And as you're going to go through, you're going to kind of see my as we go through these games, you're going to kind of see my take where 2 years ago's quarterbacks via that be Joe Burrow um, Justin Herbert and Tua look a lot better than the rookies right now. Now, yes, they have a year under their belt. 
However, they just look, I think these quarterbacks are getting more confidence from that draft class, and these rookie quarterbacks, it just they don't look like they're going to be as good as it was when we were talking draft. When we were around the draft, we were talking, we had four or five quarterbacks that were can't miss. They're like, nope, the only person that could possibly miss on is Mac Jones. Everybody else is going to be amazing. Well, that doesn't seem to be it, although I'm not going to come out and 100% defend that because I'm not going to jump to conclusions after week one. All right, moving on. Seattle Seahawks beat the Indianapolis Colts 28-16. to Carson Wentz didn't look too bad, honestly. Uh, his offensive line looked horrendous. Uh, they've been decimated by injuries, didn't have a lot of time to practice. Listen, their O-line their is going to be good when they're healthy, but right now they look banged up. Carson Wentz did not look terrible. He actually looks pretty good, honestly, which is good for Frank Reich, and it makes that trade worthwhile for Indianapolis. I, like I said, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm not overreacting to this. Russell Wilson had a day. But real quick, Carson Wentz, 251 uh, and two TDs, no picks, no fumbles. So that's good for, for the Indianapolis Colts looking looking forward, moving forward. And then Russell Wilson throws deep dimes to Tyler Lockett in this game. I, honestly, it and it's like Russell Wilson, they, they did something with their offensive coordinator because they knew that they were banged up in the at the corner position. And it's not like they're going to – I feel like it's not like they're going to let Russ cook every game. But if they can identify that weakness, I feel like this offensive coordinator that they just got is going to is gonna take advantage of that because they, they threw a lot in this game. And the score looks closer than the game was. But Russell Wilson looked amazing. He looked good. So it's good for all you Seattle fans out there. Russ is – he's performing. And Tyler Lockett looks really great, and that goes. That's good for Tyler because he he called out Lockett when we were doing our we were doing our segment for players to keep an eye on before week one, and he said that Tyler Lockett was good for him in fantasy, and he trusted him this year, and I really didn't. So it's good to see production out of him, and I was wrong on my take on that. All right, uh, not much on this game, but Jets at the Panthers. Jets fourteen, Panthers one for uh, nineteen to fourteen. Zach Wilson made a bunch of ridiculously weird-looking plays, and that's basically the best way I can describe it. Um, I'm watching him, and he's running around and throwing balls. I he's over. I feel like he's over scrambling because he's trying to he's trying to pull like a Johnny Manziel and run around in the pocket like for 16 seconds and then make these throws. He just needs to settle down. I think he was a little over overhyped and over over anxious in this game. He had 258 yards passing, two TDs and a pick. The pick was not good. But the one thing I did learn from the New York Jets in this game is that Elijah Moore is not going to be their number one target. And Jamison Crowder was out, and so was Keelan Cole. But Corey Davis looks really good. They picked up Corey Davis from the Tennessee Titans. Corey Davis looks good for them. And and him and Zach Wilson look like they have a really good like they're they have a really good chemistry. And the Carolina Panthers were up by a, by a lot at some point. Darnold was having a decent game. Nothing to nothing to get a vote for MVP or anything, but 279 yards and a TD, no picks. So Darnold did beat his old team. He didn't look amazing. Had a big pass to Robbie Anderson, which honestly, Robbie, I was thinking about getting him in fantasy this year, and somebody took him right before my pick, which was a little annoying, but it's... 
I think the Panthers are going to be in the middle of the pack down there. Uh, the Falcons look terrible. We're going to get there once we get to when we cover that game. But I think the Panthers will be pretty decent. Christian McCaffrey over 80 yards rushing and receiving again for them. So I think I think the, the Carolina Panthers look good, but it's only so much you can say when it's against the New York Jets. All right, That's the, as much as it pains me, the Minnesota Vikings lose to the Bengals in the last seconds of overtime. 27 to 24, they covered the over. I thought that the Vikings defense would hold up in this game, and I w- voted for the under, and I also picked them to win. So I lost everything about that game. Joe Burrow, 261 yards, two TDs, one to Jamar Chase. Prashad Breeland got absolutely destroyed and beat down the sideline. Jamar Chase scores a touchdown. Another to T. Higgins. Listen, the Bengals look decent, and I'm not saying that just because they beat my team. Listen, the Bengals offense, Joe Mixon looks good. Our our defensive line is our defense is playing a lot better than they did last season. Even though a lot of people, so many people right now are destroying the Vikings right now for losing this game. Listen, we played no players. They played zero players that start in the preseason. This is going to be an issue for more than just the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of teams, and we'll, we'll, when we cover them, there are a lot of teams that sat a lot of their starters for the preseason, did not play, and then they had two weeks off. Like These, these players are rusty. Like Your unit did not play in a game in the preseason. Now you come out week one, you're going to be rusty. Not to mention, people are destroying Kirk Cousins in this game. Like, why are you destroying him? They're not destroying Sam Darnold for throwing two seventy nine for throwing for two seventy nine and a TD. Cause Kirk Cousins thirty six of forty nine, three hundred fifty one yards and two TDs. He got sacked twice. We sacked Joe Burrow five times. Joe Burrow had two hundred sixty one yards and two TDs. Why is Kirk Cousins getting absolutely destroyed? Now listen, I'm not the biggest Kirk Cousins fan, and you all you listeners know that. I am not the biggest fan of Kirk Cousins, but he's getting way too much blame for this. Our offensive line was terrible. Terrible. First drive of the game, five uh, penalties before the snap. Three false starts and two illegal formations on the first drive of the game. We ended with 12 penalties for 116 yards. Five other, Five others for 45 yards that weren't even called. They were declined. So we would have had 17 penalties in that game. Inexcusable. Not to mention the refs of this game should be fired. I will never hop on the wagon and start talking about blaming refs for losses until the the, the stuff that I saw yesterday during this game was ridiculous. Multiple views on a TV. You are looking at the same thing that I'm looking at, Mr. Referee. I didn't go to school to be a referee, but I can tell when somebody's ass is on the turf and the ball is in possession. It happened twice. Justin Jefferson catches a crosser, breaks four tackles and gets into the end zone, calls him down at the one, we challenge it, we lose a timeout because this guy can't see that the ball's across the plane. Ridiculous. And then in overtime, we get a great pump return by D.D. Westbrook. We set ourselves up. At, for first and 10 at their 38, and then Dalvin Cook's butt on the ground, and they call it a fumble still, even though his butt is clearly on the turf and the ball is not out of his hand. I literally do not understand. 
I do not understand why people can continuously make – these refs are not weathermen. They can't just guess. Like, you have no idea what you just did by blowing that call. I know what every Saints fan feels like now. I know what they feel like with that in the Rams-Saints game when it was clearly early and was clearly defensive pass interference, and then there's no call. Like, there needs to be some sort of accountability for these refs. Like, if you blow a, a call and it's clear as day after the game, you should be able to be reviewed. Like, this should be able to be reviewed by, like, a board, and you should be voted to not be a referee anymore. You make way too much money to make mistakes like that, especially when there's video evidence of you for you to actually look at and to see it because it's it's absolutely ridiculous. The bar was going nuts. But uh, Jamar Chase, the one, the wide receiver that uh, they drafted in the first round, he looked terrible in pre in the preseason. However, uh, five for one hundred and one in a TD, burned Brashad Breeland. Like I said before, had a multiple decent, multiple good catches uh, by Joe Burrow. Uh, we Like I said before, we did sack him five times in the last sack. He looked like he was hobbling a little bit. So after that, we kind of got to him. He was doing some check, more, more of a check down offense. But Joe Mixon was running good enough to, to beat us anyway. Dalvin Cook got held in check. 20 carries, 61 yards. Like I said, the lost fumble that wasn't a fumble and a touchdown. We, the Vikings can't win if Dalvin Cook can't at least find a, a decent amount of running room. And the way our offense couldn't stay still before the snap, they also couldn't block after the ball was snapped. So, Adam Thielen, decent day. Nine catches, 92 yards, and two TDs. Honestly, I'm I'm more worried about the Vikings' schedule coming up. The next three games, we can potentially start this season 0-4. Because uh, we play at Arizona next week, then we play at home against the Browns, and then at and then at home against Seattle. So after that, the schedule eases up a bit. But the Vikings got to find a way to at least get one win in the next three games. They got to figure it out. And the defense is playing better. I'm not jumping ship yet. And I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of Vikings football. I'm not jumping ship yet. I think the defense has an ability to be better, and I think the offense is going to start clicking, especially after they get roasted by Mike Zimmer after this loss. All right, moving on. Just mentioned the Cardinals, but the Cardinals destroyed the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Kyler for MVP, uh, he looked amazing. Two hundred and two over two hundred fifty yards passing, four TDs in it through the air, and one on the ground. So he was responsible for every touchdown that they scored. I didn't know their defense was going to look that good. So I I underrated their defense when we did the divisional recaps, but I had no idea they were going to look this good. JJ Watt was literally stopping Derrick Henry by himself. Derrick Henry 17 rushes for 58 yards. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that they couldn't find any running room in there. Chandler Jones had 5 sacks. And Ryan Tannehill just kept fumbling the football. So, like, they were under distress. I, we play them next week in Arizona. I am scared shitless. Not only do, do the Vikings stink at covering quarterbacks that can run, but the way they played against Joe Burrow was, uh, that ain't going to work. So, I mean, Kyler looks good. We'll see how long he can he can continue it or if it's going to be like last season where he comes out hot, uh, whether he gets dinged up or not on a run. Or he just cools off because he's used so much energy. Because I noticed that last year, even before he got injured. Um, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. But I don't know if I don't know if Tennessee has the ability to come back or what was going on with them. But I did not expect them to get beat by 25. And that's the only 
when I made the five game parlay uh, for the preview show to, for the best bet. That was the only one I lost. Every other game I won. So another parlay, four out of five. If I had a dollar for every time that happened. Oh, and the most interesting game of the day, 49ers beat the Lions 41-33. to Jimmy G looked great. Uh, him and Debo Samuel were doing something before the game because Debo had nine catches for 189 and a touchdown. Great day for him. I think the only person who had better stats than him is Tyreek Hill. So, I mean, we'll get to Tyreek when we get down to the Chiefs. But honestly, Debo had a, Debo had a really good game. And except for that fumble at the end, so I don't know if you guys if you guys missed it or not. So the Lions fought back. They were down forty-one to seventeen going into the two-minute warning. They scored the first play of the two-minute warning, kicked an onside kick, got it back, scored again to make it forty-one thirty-three, and then got the ball back with forty seconds. And got all the way down to the San Francisco 28 and had an opportunity to throw in the end zone. They could have come back and almost tied it. So everybody and the line moved, the betting line moved from seven and a half to eight before the game started. So if you took San Francisco minus eight, you just got to push. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Dan Campbell's team fights, man. And they're going to fight all year. So it's going to be another thing to look out for in the NFC North. Jimmy G, 314 yards and a TD, like I said, to Debo Samuel. Jimmy G looked good. Trey Lance got his first TD pass and his first pass in the NFL in a game was a touchdown. Pretty good throw, too. Uh, but he was only in for, I think, five. I think it was between five and eight snaps. So they obviously didn't want to use him yet because he was a little dinged up in his uh, in his, th- was his thumb or his hand. He was dinged up. So we'll see. Um, we'll see if they use a little bit more of Trey Lance moving forward. But um, more up, more injury updates. So the 49ers are already thin at cornerback. And Jason Verrett looked like he hurt himself pretty bad. Looks like a knee. If I had to guess, he was crying walking off the field. And then Raheem Mostert was injured too. Uh, they had Mitchell, one of, their, one of their draft picks, I believe, who was drafted in the sixth round. He came in and had 100 yards rushing on 14 carries, which is pretty good to get out of a sixth-round running back. So that's pretty good, but we'll keep an eye on Mostert and Verrett and get some updates. I did hear a story earlier. I was listening to the Pick 6 podcast, I believe, and they said Richard Sherman, Kyle Shanahan was talking about Richard Sherman, like they might sign him. They did just recently get Josh Norman as well, so it would be pretty interesting to have Josh Norman and Richard Sherman just come in and step in and start for this team. be very interesting to see how their defense responds to that. All right, Steelers at the Bills, slow offensive game for both of them. Um, Josh Allen looked, like, pretty bad to start the game, and so did Big Ben. Also was really expecting Najee Harris to have a decent day, but he did not. He had one decent run, but other than that, they pretty much bottled him, bottled him up. Big Ben really didn't catch any fire at all, didn't even have 200 yards passing, and all of Stephon Diggs' catches were less than 10 yards. So he had, he went nine for sixty nine. So a little bit of rust coming out of them as well. Like I said, there was going to be a few teams that sat a lot of their starters in the preseason, and maybe they had issues going into training camp. They were dinged up, whether it be on the COVID list or what have you. But that time is really valuable, especially to to get some some cohesive 
some cohesive plays on offense. So, like I said, it's an extra game this season, so just act like the season starts tomorrow, and then you can consider it another preseason game. The statistics count, the loss counts, the win counts, but some of these teams, it took an entire game for them to get ready to go. So, we'll keep an eye on it for sure. All right, moving on. Eagles at the Falcons, as much as this hurts me because I don't like Philadelphia. For all you Eagles fans out there, I apologize, but I will give, be giving you guys kudos for the next two minutes. So Jalen Hurts looked amazing. Now, Atlanta's defense, granted, is absolutely terrible, and you could see that by all of the plays that they ran. I have no idea what kind of defensive scheme they try and run, but whatever it was, it wasn't working, and they definitely – continued to do it so what is the definition of insanity right there doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results not gonna happen Matty Ice all day getting destroyed by the, the defensive front of the Eagles I didn't think that the defensive front of the Eagles was that good I know they have some good they have some premier players but I didn't think they were gonna come out and do that so not only did they cover because the Falcons were favored but they also had the under because the Falcons couldn't score a touchdown. 32 to 6. They won 32 to 6. The Eagles won. Philly's defense played way outperformed the Atlanta offensive line and that's the reason the, the Atlanta offensive line could not score points. They could not run the football and Matt Ryan could not throw it. So how are they going to score points? Calvin Ridley had a bad day. Matt Ryan had a bad day. There's there's no, no way about no way around it. Now Jalen Hurts threw for 264. He had three TDs and he rushed for 62 yards. Two out of the three TDs, one to the rookie Kenneth Gainwell, and one to Devontae Smith, who caught his first TD in the NFL today. Oh well, yesterday. So they look good. Eagles look good. Uh, like I said, take it with a grain of salt. It is Atlanta, but Atlanta. We all thought Atlanta's defense was bad, and it is. Let me tell you, it's not like the Bengals, where we thought the Bengals' defense was bad. They're way better than advertised. So a lot of teams had, they they either outperformed their expectation or underperformed to their expectations. All right, moving on. Browns lose to the Chiefs, 33-29. to Patrick Mahomes, 337 yards passing, three TDs. Baker Mayfield, 321 yards passing, one interception. The Chiefs had a really slow start to this game. I don't think they held the lead until the fourth quarter. So the Browns came out hot. The Browns' run game was really stout in this game. Uh, defense for the Chiefs looked weak. They did not have Tyron Matthew or Frank Clark. That is probably mostly the reason. I don't. The Chiefs' defense has never been like a top ten defense for the at least for the Patrick Mahomes era, but. I'll tell you what, they never look that bad. Baker could do basically whatever he wanted, and the running backs got everything. And if they didn't have a lot of bad luck and bad plays causing the Chiefs to get back in it, they probably would have won this game. If you guys remember, I said I'm not confident that the Browns would win, nor would I pick them in a pool, but I did say watch them cover because they might cover with the 6.5. They did cover the 6.5. And they probably should have won the game if their punter could hold a football or if Nick Chubb could not fumble. And Nick Chubb had 
a fumble today, and I think he only had two all of last year. So the Browns have a lot to look forward to. Their offense looks good. Their defense looks pretty good considering they played Patrick Mahomes. But Tyreek Hill had a day. Now fifth all-time for reception touchdowns of more than 75 yards. Tyreek is a maniac. 11 catches, 197, and the 75-yard TD at the end. It's the Chiefs. You don't bet against them. That's basically what I've decided in my entire betting career and all my hot take career moving forward. If Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, I am not betting against the Chiefs. And if Andy Reid is is the coach and Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, I'm definitely not betting against the Chiefs. All right. Packers lose to the Saints by a million, which makes me so happy to talk about. Saints 38, Packers 3. Jameis Winston looked amazing, and his stats aren't going to show that. So, like, his stats are not going to show that he he had a great game in terms of yardage, but he was super efficient, and he managed that offense the way that Sean Payton needs somebody to manage it. 148 yards passing, but five touchdown passes. Five touchdown passes. They got a tight end, Jawan Johnson. He looks super good. Good replacement for Jared Cook. Anybody out there? I know I, this isn't the fantasy episode, but little little tidbit of advice. Pick him up in fantasy. Definitely have him on the bench if you can use him. You can use him in the flex if he continues to catch red zone, red zone touchdown passes. Because he caught two today, and it looks like they're going to use him a decent amount. Now, this confirms 100% that Sean Payne made the right call by making Jameis Winston the starting quarterback of this team because Taysom Hill could not have done this because he cannot throw five touchdown passes in a game, nor could you ever use Jameis Winston as a gadget guy the way you could use Taysom Hill. So Jameis Winston, I everybody always says he's not good, he's not good, he won't be good on the team. He's good. He can be good in that offense if he does what Sean Payne needs him to do and doesn't get ballsy. That's exactly what can happen, and I'm scared. I'm scared of the Saints now because there's two teams that I didn't really expect to be that good coming out of the NFC, and now I think they're both the front runners: The Rams, which we'll talk about later, and the Saints for sure. They can If they continue to play like their defense plays like that and, and Jameis plays like that on offense, they're going to give the Bucs a run for their money for that division. All right, moving on. The Broncos beat the Giants 27-13. I should have listened to Tyler and took the Broncos. I took I took the Giants. The Giants' offense did not look good. Daniel Jones had a lot of yardage in garbage times. Sterling Shepard had a day, 113 yards and a TD. Daniel Jones had 267 for the day. Uh, Saquon Barkley looked he like he got bottled up by that defense. He's also not a hundred percent, and I can tell by watching him run the football. Ten carries, twenty six yards. He is not at a hundred percent yet. If I had my best guess, I would say he's probably at about seventy five. And Saquon is starting to remind me of the old Adrian Peterson days from the twenty tens, where he would have ten carries for twenty six yards and four games straight, and then have a three hundred yard game. He's starting to become that type of back going back to even when he started when he was drafted. So even the year he was drafted, he started doing this stuff. But the story of the day is steady Teddy. So Teddy Bridgewater, 264 yards passing, two TDs. 
Great game. Great game for Teddy. This is what Teddy is. Played for the Vikings. This is exactly what he is. He's not going to get you 300 yards and four TDs in a game, but he's going to be steady. And if you put him on a team that has a solid defense and some weapons, he's going to get you W's. And this is a perfect Teddy Bridgewater game. They were able to run the ball, which helped him because he loves the play action boot. And their defense is so much better than anybody even thought. And they, I think it. I think it's top five. I think the Broncos' defense is top five. They play well. They have a, a good back end. They have a good front seven. I I expect the Broncos to be good. Now the issue with that is they're in the division with the Chargers and the and the Chiefs, so it might be hard for them to get in a spot for the playoffs. But I don't see why if Teddy can stay healthy and their defense can stay relatively healthy, I don't see I don't see why they can't they can't win ten games, especially if they're now. Injuries happen, and Jerry Judy did get hurt in that game. Looks like it's a low ankle sprain, but he's having an MRI today, I believe. So we should get the answer on that either tonight or tomorrow. But we'll see if we'll see if um, if Jerry Judy's not going to be out for that long. Uh, they need him in that offense. Now they do have uh, other weapons that th- that Teddy can throw to, but having Jerry Judy's definitely going to keep them over the hump and, and get them a few more wins than advertised. All right, moving on. The Dolphins, Tua against Mac Jones. Dolphins come out on top, seventeen to sixteen. Tua had two hundred and two yards. Well, one touchdown, one interception. The interception was horrendous. He, I think he was trying to throw out of bounds. I, I don't even know what he was trying to do, but it was a little ridiculous. Um, Mac Jones looked pretty good, but kind of similar to like Joe Burrow. Mac Jones. 281 and one touchdown made a bunch of literally, literally ridiculous decisions and no one's talking crap on him yet. Him yet. Everyone else is talking crap on Kirk Cousins. I know it sounds like I, I will defend Kirk Cousins in this entire podcast. The most I will the rest of the season probably, but I don't think he's supposed to be taking that heat. So I'm pretty heated about that, but moving on, I digress. Mac Jones, 281, one touchdown. The defenses both look good. Now, there was a lot of negativity coming out of social media and the NFL networks uh, about the Dolphins' defense and and Tua. So now they're not going to win a bunch of games. We're scoring 17 points, and you can't count on that. Even the best defenses of the history of the NFL couldn't. But Jalen Waddle looks so good. And if Devontae Parker could stay healthy, they have Will Fuller coming back. His suspension, if you guys remember from last season for PEDs, uh, his last game of his suspension was this week. So next week he should he should be able to return to practice this week. So they'll have Will Fuller as well with Devontae Parker. So you'll have Will Fuller who could take the top off the defense. You'll have Devontae Parker who's a good 50-50 ball guy. And then you'll have Jalen Waddle in the slot. He looks really quick. I watched a few a few plays from this game before they switched it over at the bar. Uh, they had a few Dolphins fans leave in the middle of the in the the middle of the game, but and then they switched it to another game. But I, well, from what I did see, Tua didn't look. He looked pretty like a pretty good game manager. So if he's going to continue to game manage like that, I think the Dolphins will be okay. I don't think that they'll win ten games unless Tua starts to perform a little bit better, but. So far, so good if their defense can hold Bill Belichick, who's good against younger quarterbacks, to only 16 points. Now, the fumbling issue for the New England running backs is going to come back to bite them all because practice this week with Bill Belichick is going to be fun for them. Not really, but 
they're fumbling everywhere. Now, I don't know if I like the Patriots' offense as much as some people do, but I don't think I hate it as much as some people do either. Now, they did use John U. Smith and Hunter Henry. I didn't think that both of them were going to be able to get multiple targets without the wide receivers losing their mind. I think that's going to become an issue with Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. I think I think if they're all in on what needs to be done in New England for them to be successful, they're going to have to all split everything. And it was relatively split between running back receptions, tight end receptions, and wide receiver receptions. But Mac Jones looked pretty polished. He looked pretty good. And that was against the Dolphins. So let's see. I mean, Mac Jones for Rookie of the Year, I like the odds on DraftKings at 4.5 to 1. If you would have taken it at 10 to 1 before before the preseason even started or they let go of Cam, you're in better shape. But Mac Jones looks good so far. So let's keep an eye on Mac Jones moving forward and see if he can continue to play good enough for them to hold it down on defense and they'll they'll be pretty solid and Sunday night's game last night the Bears lose to the Rams Matthew Stafford destroys the Bears on a team that's not the Detroit Lions 34 to 14 Andy Dalton looked bad now Justin Fields came in through two passes for 10 yards and had a rushing touchdown Justin Fields they they basically used him like Trey Lance uh, almost mirror images of each other. Came in with a, a special play or a package or two. Um, so Andy, they need to bench Andy Dalton, and I don't want them to because they're in my division. So I'd rather Andy Dalton be out there because I know that he's not good and can't get them over the top. However, they abandoned the run. Andy Dalton couldn't get the ball down the field. It was a disaster. Now David Montgomery did have a hundred yards rushing in a TD, which is good. For, Good for them. Their offensive line is terrible. Chicago's offensive line was absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I honestly... Chicago... The whole NFC North is just does not look good right now. It does not look good at all. You know who does look good, though, is Matt Stafford. 321 yards, three TDs, a lot of bombs taking the top off the defense. Looks like Chicago was confused on defense a lot. Their defense is getting older and is starting to decline, whereas a few years ago you would consider them a top five defense. I don't. Khalil Mack was dinged up going in. Not sure if he played. I didn't get a, a chance to watch a, uh, any of that game, so I'm not sure if Khalil Mack ended up playing in that game or not. But their defense does not look that good anymore, and if you have somebody who could play or who can throw decently – and that's why Minnesota always struggles against them because they're good against the, they're always good against the run, depending on whatever whoever's making their run schemes on defense. But Kirk Cousins never has the balls to throw the ball deep down the field. We'll see. Uh, Chicago doesn't look good. The Rams do look amazing, which is why I like the Rams and the Saints going into the playoffs. Even uh, it's an overreaction, maybe after week one, but they both look super good. Their defenses are looking better than expected, and their offenses are looking better than than expected. So, All right, so that's it for the games on Sunday. We do have one more game, which is Monday night. If you want to make bets, I'm going to throw a little teaser out there for you. I like the Ravens minus three and a half. I know they're dinged up. 
at running back, but I think they can make it make their running scheme work with most of the running backs, and I think Lamar will take advantage of that weak Raiders offense. Now the defense is their defense is missing Marcus Peters against the Raiders, but I think that they can still stay solid considering the wide receivers for the for sorry for the Oakland Raiders. They're in Las Vegas now. The Vegas Raiders, their wide receiver squad is not very strong, so I think they can still hold it down. Over under fifty and a half. I like the under, so you can either make a bet on each individually or parlay it if you want to make more money. The one thing I didn't mention, which when we were talking about it, I wanted to do a special segment on it because I feel super strongly about this, is the Aaron Rodgers issues. So Jameis Winston and the Saints, give them kudos. They played well. Now Aaron Rodgers, no no excuse for the way he played in that game. No excuse. And his reactions during the game were super disrespectful. He's on the He got benched in the fourth quarter. They brought in Jordan Love. The man threw for 133 yards and two interceptions. After he put up a huge stink the entire offseason about how they should listen to him because he wants to he wants he has the right ideas for their offense. Yo, bro, you looked terrible. Terrible. Threw a pick in the red zone. It wasn't on kilter with any of his wide receivers. None. Zero. It was almost ridiculous and Honestly, I watched a, a a few plays, a few drives of that game. They looked ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. It almost looks like he's not even trying. Like if if I was the front office of the of the Packers, I would honestly think that he's not trying. He completed sixteen passes and threw for one hundred thirty three yards and two picks in three quarters of football. Aaron Jones ran the ball five times. I know they were down. But Aaron Jones is a top five back in this league for fantasy and for statistics and overall just skill. What kind of game plan is that? Is Matt LaFleur in on this? This is like some sort of super heist right now because, I mean, if I was a Green Bay Packers fan, I would be livid. Livid if if this guy caused all this ruckus the entire offseason. Everybody's talking about it. It's like he thinks it's funny. He's smiling on the on the bench, talking to all his players. They're down by 31 points. What are you doing, dude? It's it's ridiculous, man. And I draft my fantasy draft. I drafted Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers because I wanted to double dip. Aaron Rodgers got me like three points, not even. I think he got like two points in fantasy this week. I don't even want to look at it. I don't even want to look at my fantasy team right now. I know I'm getting destroyed. I know I'm getting destroyed because the person I'm playing against in the league has all the Cowboys starters. So I'm just getting, I don't even want to open it. If I open it, I'm probably down by 100. All right, guys. This is the first recap. First recap episode. We're going to continue to do these. going to be pretty good. Um, just in case you guys didn't watch the games to get my takes on it, we'll take a look at some of the stuff that happened, who I like uh, after the week, after the game, some of the projections. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the of this episode, we're going to do a fantasy slash injury update episode that'll come out on Wednesday night. So if you guys listen to them in the morning, it'll be out Thursday morning. This these uh, this episode, for example, the recaps, I'm going to do I'm going to record them Wednesday or sorry, Monday afternoon. So they'll be available Monday night. I did want to shout out real quick. Uh, we I did get up on Google Podcasts and on Amazon Music slash podcasts. 
uh, two more plat- awesome platforms for me to be available on. Also for Alexa, tune in Alexa. Uh, the podcast is also available on that. So if you guys are doing anything, hanging out, and you want to listen to the podcast while you're washing dishes or doing whatever you're doing or wherever your Alexa is, you can do that as well. Hopefully, uh, coming up soon, we'll get Tyler back on the podcast. Love having him on. Uh, he's always great talking to him, whether it be about football or baseball. Uh, so we'll do some we'll do some baseball stuff as we uh, get closer to the postseason, and that starts up. But we will continue the the podcast, obviously, for the NFL. If I have any advice for all you football fans out there, don't overreact to Week One, please. Just because the Eagles beat the Falcons thirty-two to six does not mean they're a Super Bowl team. Just because the Panthers beat the Jets does not mean they're a Super Bowl team. Everybody pump the brakes. You, If you guys watch football as much as I do, which you probably do if you're listening to a football podcast about and a podcast about some dude named Cole, me, I'm not Colin Cowherd or anything, but don't overreact. It, we have 16 more weeks of football. A lot of stuff can happen. Teams has an off week. Like I mentioned about multiple of these teams, they didn't play players. They didn't start them in the preseason. So it could be rust. Or they could be bad all year. We'll see. Houston Texans put up 37 points. Who would have guessed? I wouldn't have. Now Jacksonville's defense is also terrible, so that that backs up into that corner. We'll see what happens. So keep your eyes peeled for the podcast. If you guys did not, if you missed one, missed any podcasts, go back, kind of see what I talked about in terms of the divisional recaps, anything that I talked about in the offseason, or even the last few that are in the feed, please check them out. Make sure you guys are up to date and have listened to all the episodes that are out. So tell everybody you can about the podcast. Uh, it's be, it's doing pretty good so far. Uh, I'm really excited to have you guys listening. So uh, continue to listen, spread the word, share any way you possibly can. I'll keep putting out Facebook uh, posts just to, to remind you guys when I have, a, have an episode out. Um, and just continue to listen. And I really appreciate all you guys listening. So on whatever podcast network or platform you are using, I thank you. Couldn't do it without you guys. Don't want to do it if you guys aren't listening, obviously. So everybody have a wonderful day. And like I always say, until Wednesday, peace.